The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I'm Josh Hill. That is Matt Verderam. That is Jeff Schwartz. We're going to be talking about the NFL playoffs because some stuff happened this week and that was actually pretty interesting. Uh, it was a really good weekend for you, Verderam. Though I want to start with this. The Chiefs come back from 24 to nothing to win. Bill O'Brien is the reason that that happened, a favorite of the show. The Marcus Mariota stands that came at you saying, oh, what do you hate Marcus Mariota so much for? They're going to watch Ryan Tannehill in the AFC Championship yeah. game. And also the Houston Astros, apparently everybody is suspended, so the A's are going to win the, uh, the <laughs> AL West next year. So, Verderam, how are you doing this Monday? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I got to tell you, though, uh, about 24 hours ago, and we're recording this on a Monday afternoon, that was one of the wildest, weirdest games, forget even with the Chiefs, just in general, I've ever watched. I mean, they got down 24 nothing before the anthem was over. I know. They, they made a million mistakes. You're sitting there thinking, at least I was, I know my, my father was back, and you're sitting there thinking, like, this game's just done. Like, they're going to get blown out. They're so out of hand. They're so out of sorts. They can't figure anything out. They, I mean, it wasn't It wasn't really that Houston was doing anything great. It was just the Chiefs were just doing everything imaginable to beat themselves. Um, and Houston, to their credit, was capitalizing. And, but then, then <laughs> everything turned... And it turned in a way I've never seen before in an NFL game. Like, I've seen bigger comebacks. I've seen teams come back from, you know, slightly larger deficits. But usually when those teams win those games, it's in overtime. It's, it's by a point. It's not by 20. Yeah. I mean, Kansas City, just by halftime, mm-hmm. they were winning. And you felt like the game was just over. I <laughs> yeah. mean, they scored 28 points in 9 minutes and 11 seconds on 16 plays. Yeah. It was wild. I the emotional swing was uh was something I don't know that I'll ever see again. Yeah. Well, let's start there because 
this came on a weekend where Lamar Jackson kind of had a bad weekend. Uh, we'll get to him, but it reminded us that Patrick Mahomes is the guy. He had a weird let me reintroduce myself moment to you when he really didn't even need to. He's always been the best quarterback in football. But Jeff, at what point did you think the Chiefs are going to win this game? Oh, as soon as Bill O'Brien kicked the field goal uh, at fourth and one, which, by the way, Bill, how about don't admit you didn't have a play for fourth down? That, that's on you, buddy. That looks really bad. Um, look, here's the deal. I'll tell you why. Look, emotion is part of the game, okay? And I understand that we want to talk about analytics. Analytics says go for it there. I, I get it. In the math, right, you go from three scores to four scores. I get all that. But think about this for a second. You're the Chiefs. Everything has gone wrong, right? You've dropped passes. You've muffed a punt. You had a punt blocked, and now the Texans are going down the field again. It's fourth and one. You haven't stopped them all game. And they call timeout, and you're like, oh, God, here we go. They're going to they're gonna run a fourth down and one play. Have a mobile quarterback. We're screwed. Instead, they, call, they, 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 they do the cowardly thing. Kick a field goal. It's your first win of the game. First win of the game, right? Ensuing play, you return the kickoff 60 yards. Two plays later, you score. Game has changed. If the Texans get stopped there, Chiefs still have to go 90 yards for their first touchdown. So either way, you're either getting a big momentum for the Texans or the Chiefs. It just I I, I think that to go down 28 nothing has a different ring than 24 nothing with a field goal that you've saved based on your defense on. I think it was a bad decision. I thought they had the opportunity to, to win that game right when that happened. Now look, the onslaught was pretty incredible. It, it reminded me of, of this guys. I know you guys watch college football as well. It felt like you had a rivalry game where you had a big underdog on the road who came out at their rival and just went up big against their rival. And the rival's just better and eventually said, look, guys, we're just better. And we're going to play better. And all of a sudden it happened and they just blew them out, which we see in college all the time. So um, it was it was remarkable. And, you know, Pat Mahomes, ugh, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. You know, the Chiefs have basically just they – don't, they don't run the football. They, 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 they just don't. Um there, there's one dimensional of an offense you can have, but it doesn't matter because 15 is so good. Yeah, yeah that that was the, the takeaway. Like at 24 to nothing, I was not feeling very confident. No. Um, in fact, you are not because I have the slack receipts. I slacked Verteram because we were both covering the game at uh, 2:45, which is when it was still 21 to nothing still, and Verteram. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. As this is over. The Chiefs won't stop them enough to come back. To which I said, 21 points in five minutes is not outside the realm of possibility for this team. And you said, this is the Chiefs. Them coming back in this game would be the biggest shock of my life. Literally. Which, which it was. It, it, it was. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Right after that, my I... I I called uh, the old man up and, you know, cause he actually, <laughs> so this is, all right, so there's a little insight in the Verteram psych, uh, psychology. So my dad texted me at 24 to nothing. It was like basically, literally was apologizing for the fact, I, I don't know if I can find the exact text, but apologizing for the fact that he, he made me a, a, a Chiefs fan growing up as a kid. <laughs> all right, so 24 to nothing. And this is between the field goal and the kickoff. 
So I called him because I felt bad that he felt bad. I'm like, look, it's fine. Like, I enjoy that we get to share it together, you know. And I said, you know, sometimes when teams have horrible histories like this, it, it almost takes a cataclysmic event for them to somehow break through it, like the Red Sox win the World Series, the Cubs, on down the line. I said, I have no idea. They may lose by 50 points, but like, Maybe this is their, you know, that that they're their moment. That's what they need. I, I couldn't have finished the sentence, and then Hardman runs a kickback sixty yards, and they score. But I still, at that point, was like, okay, look, that's great, they scored, but they, you know, they're going to have to get stops. They're gonna have to do so many other things. For me, my moment was when they faked that punt mm. at their own thirty-one yard line, and oh, I yeah. give it to Dan Torrance, and he made a great play because yeah. there's nobody else over there. If Daniel right. Sorensen doesn't tackle Justin Reed, that's a first down. It changes the momentum. Houston's back on it. They tackle him. The second he made that tackle, I felt like the Chiefs were going to win the game. Everything flipped. And I know from just texting people around the league, I said, you know, you guys, were you watching the game? Yes. When did you think it was going to change? The only answer I got was that, that play. It, it just, everything I- seemed to flip. Look, I, I, I understand that the, the punt was probably set up, right, the punt fake, and that if they'd snap the ball sooner, they'd probably get it. But is the risk – was it worth the reward on that play? Because if you get a first down, you're still like 60 yards away from scoring a touchdown. Right. And the risk was obviously that the game's basically over. I mean, you know, think about this. The Chiefs were down 24-0, and the sports books still only had them at plus like 300 on the money line. Know. Like, everyone's expected them to win the game still. I mean, it was – it was amazing. Um, I just feel like fortunate to be a Chiefs fan right now. Like, it's just amazing to watch them play. And um, they played a game, you know, the first, you know, five, what, I mean, the first quarter that was just like an F and they still won the game. It's amazing. Was this, was this Patrick Mahomes' signature moment? Like, let's say that he wins the Super Bowl and all that. He finally brings the Super Bowl back to Kansas City. Is, are we going to remember that run? for this game because it certainly seems like he's not going to do anything as spectacular as bring them back from 24 to nothing and throw what seven uh, touchdowns and a half. I, I think that they're going to have to win the Super Bowl with his arm. So that'll be a signature moment. Like if they play the Niners, let's say they're not going to run the ball. They don't run the ball anyways. Like they're right. going to have to win that yeah. game because of him, because the Niners will score, I think a lot of points on the chiefs defense. So that, that will be his moment will be, I mean, people will remember this game, but remember guys, let's be honest. The Texans are awful, right? Like, this is not <laughs> – yeah. like, the final result, the Chiefs winning by 20, is of no surprise to me. It's my favorite play of the week was the, was the Chiefs minus 9.5. How they got there was the surprise. So, like, I, I, I get all that. But, like, the Texans are not good. They're 27th in DVOA on defense, 31st on third down. Like, they're not a good team. They're no, a good no. quarterback. They're not. They're terrible. The only thing I learned from that game is the Chiefs just fan of throughout my years and then just as an analyst for the league is, like, the one thing that stood out to me in that game was that look flat out, no doubt, was different than any other year I've ever rooted for them. No, no disrespect to your 2013 campaign. Uh, was even down 24 nothing. Like when they get the return, the first pass there's a two play drive for a touchdown. They hit Kelsey for 20 yards. Kelsey got up and was going berserk, and then they hit Williams for a touchdown. Williams is going crazy. Mahomes is running up and down the field, going nuts. Like. There was a feeling, it was obvious they still felt like they were going to win the game. Like it, it never felt like looking at them, they never looked like they panicked. They didn't look nervous. They just, they looked like we know we can get, we know we're better than this. We just have to play better than this. And I feel like most teams, like I don't care who you are, 20, other than maybe New England, because they've won so many times. 
Like you get down 24 to nothing. I agree, Houston's not that good, but they're still an NFL team in a playoff game. I mean, it's 24 to nothing. You're looking going, my God, we can't do it. You know, we're getting booed at home. Everything's going wrong. And that game just flipped in a way. I, I mean, they were they were down 24, and the game was over before the fourth quarter. I mean, they, it was incredible. You know, most times, Jeff, you know, I mean, you know a hell of a lot better than I do here, but like to score touchdowns on seven straight drives. I don't care if you're playing Cincinnati. Mm. Like, that's just nuts. I mean, not to have a drop in there or, a, you know, a holding penalty on a play or, you know, a legal motion or a sack or, you know, whatever. I mean, a bad yeah. throw. Seven dri- – and they weren't even challenged on most well, of those drives. It was it was unbelievable. The the Texans, obviously, were going to play a ton of man coverage and Pat Mahomes beat them with his legs too, which is important, which which the Titans won't do. And we'll, we'll probably get to that game in a second. Um, and they just had answers for the man coverage stuff. They, they obviously, the Chiefs obviously felt the tight end into the flat of some of that RPO action was going to be big for them. Travis Kelsey, guys, I've been saying this for years now. He's the second most important player on this team behind 15. It's not Tyreek Hill. It is, it's Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill gets doubled. And the reason why the offense still works is because of Travis Kelsey. Even when Travis Kelsey's doubled, he still makes plays because he's often a mismatch he gets a linebacker in coverage or a safety. He's very versatile. So he doesn't block like he used to. That's kind of not his thing anymore. He's older now. He's been beat up. He's not George Kittle. It's kind of a two-way threat right now. Kelsey does a lot. of. He still blocks, but he's a lot more involved in the pass game. He's the reason why this offense goes. I think you know losing him for any stretch of time would be death for this offense. Well, for as lucky as the Chiefs seem to have been on Sunday, we have to give credit where credit is due because Bill O'Brien was on the other sideline, a favorite of the show. He kicks a field goal on fourth and one when you have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. He goes for the fake punt on fourth and three deep in his own territory. And at one point in the game, he didn't have enough guys on the line of scrimmage. Like this came apart at the seams for the Texans. Is this the kind of loss that Bill O'Brien and the Texans can ever come back from? Or are we going to be looking at this in 15 years and being like, that? that is when it all went downhill and they wasted all of this potential? I feel like they've been wasting it for a while now, hmm. um, honestly, with, with Deshaun Watson. I mean, how much longer are you going to have with him and Fuller and yep. Hawkins all hmm. healthy and re- ready to go? And J.J. Watt, who, you know, he's not, you know, my brother played well yesterday. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't only watch quite the same player he was a couple years ago. Um, he still can obviously make a big sack here and there, did against Buffalo, and he tried to get to Pat. Mitch did a good job, and Pat was able to, to kind of play well in the pocket uh, with uh, with Watt rushing him. And so uh, you're going to lose these guys eventually. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's just he's wasting time. It's unfortunate. It reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson with Pete Carroll. At least Pete Carroll mm-hmm. coached defense. I mean, he can do something. Yeah. I feel like Bill O'Brien can't really coach what he's supposed to be best at. Yeah, look. I mean, hell, go we, off, we've man. done this for I'm two te- years. I'm teeing so. you up. Just go. Look, <laughs> Just- I'm not a big, like, you know, Monday overreaction. I don't, I don't like – he he should be fired. <laughs> I, I mean, I, look, come on now. Are you? I mean, are you trying to win the Super Bowl or are you not? Right? Like, I know they win divisions. First of all, that division, year in and year out, is a disaster. Except for the handful of years when Luck's been healthy and obviously now he's retired. Like, who cares that you win the AFC South? Who cares? Every year you get in the playoffs, you get bombed. They got in there last year. They're blown out at home by Indianapolis in a game where it didn't even look like they knew what Indianapolis liked to do, and you see them twice a year. Then you play the Bills. 
quite honestly, they should have lost that game. Mm. If it's not for the Bills just completely coming undone and Watson saving O'Brien's rear end with a couple of great plays, they don't even beat the Bills at home. Then the Chiefs basically say, here's 24 points, Bill. Here it is. 24 points, we're going to knock 20 minutes off the clock. Think you can beat us? The Chiefs went on a 51-7 to run. And it felt like it could have been more than that. Like, if the Chiefs hadn't just throttled her down for the last 10 minutes and played prevent, I think the Chiefs could have got to the 60s. It was incredible. I, I mean, look, I know they're overmatched by the Chiefs. I get that. The Chiefs are just a better football team. Sometimes there's nothing a coach can do. They played man coverage the entire game. They never shifted, did nothing different. I mean, if you play the same defense against that offense the entire game, I don't care what you're in, you're going to get killed. They never switched. Offensively speaking, their offense feels like it's basically, hey, Deshaun, go make a play. Because, yes. you know, I don't know. I have the, Then the worst part to me, the worst part is you get into that game and there's no consistency in the mindset. You kick on fourth and inches for a 31-yard field goal. So, okay, you're playing a little conservative. You're up big. Okay. Then you turn around and run a fake punt like a moron. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before... You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. I know analytical <laughs> people love to say, oh no, that's the right, it's not the right call. It's dumb as all get out. It's a stupid call. I don't care what your stupid statistics say about it. And you know, my game theory tells me, you know what my game theory tells me? I've watched football for 25 years and when you're up 24 to 7 and you're the underdog, you don't run a fake punt at the negative 30. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. The second he got tackled, everybody in that building knew the Chiefs were going to win that game. So I don't know what – like and O'Brien, they go into halftime. They're down four. They get a break. They can, re- they can reset. Mm-hmm. They make zero adjustments. Chiefs come right out. Same exact defense is being played. They go right down the field and score. Texans have no answer for it. And then O'Brien today, now it's come out. He's going to be the GM again. They yeah. don't even have draft picks because they traded all of them for Lar- Laramie Tunzel. Like, that team's a disaster, and I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I feel bad for their fans because, frankly, as long as he's there, they're never winning anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good, and we'll move on to the next game, which is, honestly, the best thing that happened to the Baltimore Ravens was the Houston Texans being blown out in the way that they did in Kansas City because we all kind of forgot that they laid a dud against the Tennessee Titans. So the, the, the Ravens, they're out. Lamar Jackson, we're going to have lots of questions about him this offseason. Verderam, Jeff, is the hate, the criticism, all the things coming at Lamar Jackson, how much is that justified after what we saw both this season, which you need to consider, yeah. and the game in which he, he had a bad game? There, there's no escaping that. Yeah. So you guys know that I've kind of been anti-Lamar and anti this offense and eventually came on board. Look, he's going to win the MVP, so it'd be kind of bad for him to say I told you so. But I definitely think that part of the story now with him with this offense is that they don't play well in the playoffs. And you can use whatever excuse you want, the bye week, the extra rest, the drop passes. But they made mistakes in this game that they hadn't made all year. And that's the difference to me, right? Fourth down, Lamar Jackson not following his left guard. All year he followed his left guard. 
They run that weird QB sneak type play on another fourth down. Then one thing that was noticeable to me, the Chiefs are down 21-0, 24-0, camera view. It's Pat Mahomes on the sideline firing his dudes up. No doubt in his mind he's come back to win the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that from Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson scared, shot away from the moment or wasn't a good leader, none of that. But I, it felt like when they got down, they just kind of like went in the tank, like, oh, God, here we go again. I know he put up numbers. I this, this is not a box score game, guys. Don't look at the box score of this game. So, yeah, in, in the playoffs now, small sample size, they've had two stickers. I think it's unfair to say the offense doesn't work because it worked in the regular season. But I think it is fair to say, look, this is part of Lamar Jackson now. It's part of this offense. Failure in the postseason. I have a few thoughts, and I think your point is astute on the way those teams looked when they were down. Those yeah. are the two best teams in the AFC. We both thought, we all thought they were going to be in the AFC title game against each other. One team down 24 nothing had the look of a team that they, they were not done. They were, they were waiting for a spark, and they were going to come back, and they did. The other team, and I even put a little bit of this on John Harbaugh, who I love. I think he's a great head coach. But even he, they looked shell-shocked. It almost looked like they just had no idea how to respond. Now, I'll leave that alone because Jeff already made the point, but it's a couple things for me. One is I do think a lot of the criticism coming his way is probably going to be unfair and unwarranted, but I will say this. My big concern, I've been saying on this podcast for months, is they have to win a specific way. Mm. They cannot get behind. If they get behind, they're in major trouble. And I know, like Jeff said, people point to the box score and say, look how many yards he threw for. Look, I watched the game. He, he did not – they had a couple of big throws, give him credit, hit on. He missed some throws he should have hit. Both of those picks were on him. They were both horrid throws. One was high and outside and away from Andrews. The other one was just a bad throw. Vicaro was right there. He never should have thrown the ball. The fumble was on a double clutch where he held on for too long. Look, that doesn't mean that Jackson isn't the MVP. He didn't have a great he, – he did have a great year. He should be the mm-hmm. MVP, and he will be. But – they need to win a certain way. And I have learned over the years in the playoffs, if you're a team that can only win one way, you're probably going home. At some point, some team is going to figure out a way to make you play left-handed. The other thing, and I'll leave it at this, last year they got beat by the Chargers. How did the Chargers beat them? They played seven defensive backs the entire game. They, they just said, you're not going to outrun us. We've got speed on the field. We're going to be able to get you and shut you down. And they did. The Chargers completely shut them down in the game. This game, the Titans did not do that. The Titans basically flooded the box and said, we don't care, you're not running the football, you're going to have to throw. So they had two different game plans defensively go against them in the playoffs the last two years. Both of them shut them down. I think the Ravens need to learn how to throw the ball consistently. I'm not saying they got to go away from what they do best, but there's got to be, you got to be able to play left-handed in the playoffs. And, and you know, the Chiefs last year are a perfect example of that. They had no defense. They couldn't run the ball. They had to win. This year, while the defense isn't great, it's not a disaster. They're not just going to get blown out defensively. There has to be some way. And the Ravens this year, if they're not playing from ahead, mm-hmm. they got problems. Well, Tennessee got up 14 nothing early on them. They had a problem. They couldn't come back from it. Yeah, and I think a lot of the people saying that, oh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens just had a bad day. Jeff, that's really taken away from how good the Titans looked. Like, the Titans won this game. Yeah, Lamar didn't have the greatest game. There was mistakes made, the fourth downs and all that kind of stuff. But the Titans, they won this game, capital W. And that comes off the heels of a win against the Patriots, another game we didn't think they were going to win. And now they face the same thing with the Chiefs. Are you a believer in the Titans after these first two games? 
Well, I'm believing in their defense, I'll tell you that. And what impressed me most about their defense was the no hesitation and no fear they played with. They knew what they wanted to do, which was funnel everything to the outside. And they knew that they had to do it at full speed. And they did that. They ran at full speed. Look, the thing about kind of momentum, right, mojo, whatever you want to say it is, it's our turn, whatever you want to believe that term is, I think it matters to the Titans players. I think they feel invincible right now. And that really does matter to players. Now, they might come into Arrowhead and the Chiefs might smack them in the face. It's all possible. They might lose by 30. But that idea of we're going we're gonna to choke you out, right? we're going to play great defense, we're going to run the football, we're going to have a big bruising running back, run you down, um, it, it gives you a little bit of confidence. Now, are they going to do it this weekend? I don't know quite yet. There's another weird thing to explore, by the way. Andy Reid is 1-8. Against all time versus the Titans. Mm. There's no there's no reason for that. Different coaches, different teams. Right. But they play weird games against Tennessee. And whether or not that's something that just is karma or that's just the way that, that's your one kryptonite team, everything, every team like the, the Patriots have the Dolphins, right? They lose the Dolphins all the time. No apparent reason whatsoever. Um and they just have weird games. And so I think to expect a normal game would not be wise if you're a Chiefs fan. Do you remember, do you know the one time the Chiefs, or well, I guess I should say Andy Reid beat the Titans? Uh, no. You played in it. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah, we yeah we did beat him that game. Yeah, 2013, yeah. Yep, it was a weird game. Guys. game. We, <laughs> we, we were playing, it was in the rain, sort of. Yep. And the Titans had figured out one of our one of our uh, line calls. So we were going to no huddle. That was a year in 2013 where we experimented with like no huddle randomly. Like it wasn't like, Andy Reid just want to be up tempo. Now he's like the exact opposite. They like take every single second of the play clock. Um, and uh, we had to come up with new calls in the middle. Again, I remember helping. I wasn't I wasn't starting then. Like, coach, here's what we did in college. Here's how we, what we called this play in college. He's like, all right, let's do it. We just switched the name of a play call in the middle of the game, and it worked. <laughs> I just, I remember that while you were talking about it. I'm like, what was the game that you won? It was actually 2013. Um, yeah, I'm sure the game will be weird. The Titans have been weird. Uh, and they've been good. Uh, I, I think, that, you know, we'll get that game here in a second. But, yeah, I think the Titans, look, they, you, the formula is simple. You know what yeah. they want to do. They want to run the ball down your throat, play action with Tannehill. Defensively, you know, they're going to be stout against the run. You know, they, they've got good safeties. They're going to try yeah. to make some plays in the back end. Logan Ryan's a guy. He's not a great corner, but he's good, and he's got good hands. He's a ball hawk. Like, you, that's what they're going to try to do. Now, is that enough? I don't know. But that's the way they're going to try to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I give Mike Vrabel a ton of credit. Uh, he's embraced the, the way this team has played. They've changed the way they've played since Mariota was benched. It's not easy in the middle of the season. So kudos to him. Uh, regardless of what happens on Sunday, the Titans have had a hell of a run. Yeah, before we move on to uh, placing our championship weekend bets, do you guys have anything to say about the Vikings or the Seahawks who both bowed out graciously from the playoffs this weekend? Um, I feel sorry for Russell Wilson, who routinely yeah. has a coach that puts him in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, Wilson, my God. Like, do the Seahawks have some kind of an edict that they've got to be <laughs> down by three scores before they're just like, it's ah, incredible. Russ, see what you've got in, in the tank. It's insane. Everybody involved in that offense. I mean, Brian Schottenheimer should have been fired about eight times over. The Vikings, for all for all the goodwill they in, in, engineered uh, from beating the Saints, uh Seven first downs against the Niners. Who, right now, with the Niners, they're they're a scary team. I mean, there are some things maybe you can exploit with Garoppolo, some other, but they they, they played a great game 
uh, against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Utterly dominant. Yeah. All right. It's time to place our bets, gentlemen. It is championship week. And speaking of those 49ers, they will get the Green Bay Packers this weekend to see who is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. The Packers or the uh, 49ers open a seven point favorite. 69% of the bets are on San Francisco, 71% of the money is on San Francisco. The over-under is set at 45. 73% of the bets are on the over. 61% of the money is on the over. Verderam, what is this game doing for you? I really want to take the Niners to flat cover the point spread. Yeah, They're just bad. much better, I think. I, I, you know what? The Packers are kind of been a disrespected team all year because they're 14-3. and three. I mean, at some point, like they're just a pretty good football team. But they never impress me when I watch them, ever. It's just, it's like they're barely hanging on. They're barely winning. They played San Francisco earlier this year on the road and yeah. got absolutely plot. Now, look, I I don't put a ton of stock in that game only because I never put stock in a regular season compared to playoffs. Like, you just see it all the time. One team wins in the regular season, then they see each other in the playoffs, and nothing should be different, but it is because these teams have been able to scout from what they saw on that tape, and it just... Yeah. So I don't put a ton in that. I know you're going to hear about it all week. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I don't. I also don't put a lot into is this whole idea about Warren well, Rodgers. You know they passed on him. Oh, that's great. Like that's yeah, not going to help. Yeah. That's not going to help him thank against you. against that defensive yeah. line. Nobody cares. You thank know, you for I, saying that. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. I'm. <laughs> just, I'm so. Oh. Yeah, like just enough. Nobody, nobody gives. Nobody cares. Like I don't. That was what it, 15 years ago. It, at this it just point doesn't too? matter. Like, like you think Nick Bosa's in the huddle going, man. I can't believe we passed on him. <laughs> I was 12 years old. Like nobody cares, you know. Like it's Nick just a, Bosa was Nick Bosa was probably he was like eight. what? I was gonna say seriously, yeah, eight, yeah. nine years old. It was ridiculous. What five, right? Yeah, yeah, he didn't care. So, look, I, but if if there's a path, the only reason I hesitate to bet the spread is Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers? I know he's not made the same guys, you know, a couple years ago, whatever. He's still Aaron Rodgers, and. If there's a path for the Packers in that game that I do think is viable, it's him just going off in that game. Because they do have a good offensive line, mm-hmm. and if they give him time, he's a problem. Yeah. I don't care. I know his receivers aren't great. I'm sure Sherman will be on Adams. I get all that. And I think the Niners will win the game. But if Garoppolo is one of these games where he turns the ball over a few times, and you know, you know, maybe D Ford, he can't play all the snaps. He's still got. I think the Niners win. But I think you're a fool to say that the Pack have no shot because yeah. Rodgers is good enough that they've always got a shot in these games. Yeah, and Jeff, that, that over-under is at 45, and it yeah. seems like everybody's betting the over. This Are you expecting this to be this offensive juggernaut-style game like the uh, one we saw with the Saints and the 49ers? Because last time these two teams played, I know we can't put a lot of stock into it, but I feel like this defense isn't going to give up a lot of points in a big stage. Well, I'm always going to lean under in most games just because I'm uh, a sadist and whatever. I like to not root for points. Um, I love the Niners in this spot covering this. Mm-hmm. I think the Niners are just much better. You know, if you look at, at their teams, where are the Packers better than the Niners? Are they better than the offensive line? Maybe marginal, maybe. They're not better than the defensive line. Are they better than the secondary? Probably not. The better wide receiver? What call it a wash? Not better tight end. Not better at running back overall. You know, quarterback, if Jimmy G plays up to his talent, they're probably the same. Aaron Rodgers has not been that great. Now, he did make great throws. And that thing about Aaron Rodgers is if you get those throws we saw against Seattle on fourth down mm. early in the game, they can win this game. But that's really it. It's the only path I see them winning this game is Aaron Rodgers being 
Aaron of old. And Matt's point about kind of not impressing, the Packers, this is the best offensive performance they had through three quarters since week like seven, since the Raiders game. They have long stretches where they do not do anything on offense. And so I, think Niners are, I think Niners are really good guys. They're the most complete team, offense, defense. And they do the things that, that you win Super Bowls with. Mm. They're good on the offensive line, and they rush the dang passer. Rushing the passer is a huge reason why you win Super Bowls. We've seen it so many years now, and I think the Niners win this game by at least you know what, 10 points. It's so, you know, more than seven and a half or more than seven. No, and it is the 100th anniversary of the NFL, and we are very close to getting a rematch of Super Bowl One with the Chiefs and the Packers. Uh, but in the NFC Championship game, we do have a nice kind of old-school NFC game with the 49ers and the Packers, so that'll be cool to see. But let's say the Packers win, which doesn't seem like a lot of people think they will. The Chiefs need to get through the Titans, a team yeah. that we just talked about. A lot of people are sleeping on. The Chiefs are 7.5-point favorites. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. 62% 62% of the bets are on Kansas City. 59% of the money is on Kansas City. The over-under, 51 and a half. A lot of people betting the over. 60% of the bets are on the over. 63% of the money is on the over. Jeff, what are you doing with this game? So, look, I, I think the Titans plus the seven and a half, that, that hook is kind of important in my mm-hmm. opinion in this game. I think that <laughs> the weirdness with, with the Chiefs have played playoff games in their history and the weirdness with, with the way the Titans have played down the stretch, I think the points, you got to take the points. I mean, look, there, I think that there's a way to do this where you basically say this. You take the points now, and you can make up for it in-game if the Chiefs get up big. Because I think the Chiefs get up like 14 points. The line will move to about probably 19 or 20 or 21. You could probably take that, and, and they're going to win that game by that much. Like If they get out to a big lead, there's ways I think you can find to get some value at some point. I think the Titans, though, are going to keep this game close. You know, they back and forth. I think Chiefs win this game, but really like 32, you know, 32-29, 35-32 type of thing. Yeah, Verder, I'm digging on this a little bit because this is, you know, as a Chiefs fan, you have to be a little bit nervous after seeing what the Titans have done. Oh, they could be playing Vanderbilt, I'd be nervous. As confident as, yeah, as confident as as you maybe should be in this situation. What are you looking at 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 this game? Because this is something, I mean, three, you, you tweeted after the game, if you said three weeks ago, that yeah, three hours right. or whatever you said like three months ago at the beginning of the season if you said the Chiefs and the Titans are in the AFC championship game and the Titans have a legitimate shot of maybe winning yep I would have told you to stop drinking on the job so I mean what wh- what happened here I should have been drinking on the well, job I mean, yeah. uh yeah, look I, I I think this the Titans deserve to be here this idea oh, yeah. that they're just like some lucky th- they're not lucky like you go into New England you win you go into Baltimore and win you deserve to be here. nobody's in the AFC or NFC championship game yeah. unlucky no okay right. Um, I will say I think that if the Titans are going to win the game, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have to have a much bigger game than he's had the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. They are not winning this game by scoring 14 offensive points or getting what in all. I mean, if you count the fourth down failures by Baltimore as, as turnovers, they're not getting five turnovers in this game. Like, Agreed. they are going to have to win this game straight up in my because Kansas City can't be any worse than it was the first 20 minutes of that Houston game. And if you don't think. <laughs> 
that the Chiefs coaching staff is going to be screaming at them all week about you can't let that happen again, you can't let that happen again. Now, look, it's of course, the Titans get paid too. They're going to be out there trying to make it happen again. Uh, but I think the Titans to win this game. Tannehill, I'm not saying he's got to throw for 300 yards. He's going to, have to throw for a couple hundred yards, some touchdowns, make some big throws on third down, and he's capable of it. But he's going to have to do that. They're not... I don't care if Henry rushes for 180 yards. They're not winning this game if, if Tannehill doesn't do something. But ultimately for me, I just feel like the Chiefs should have died on Sunday. That game, mm-hmm. down 24-0, that was that – was Schwartz, you disagree, fire away. <laughs> well, I, point, I just – I'll say this. I, the, thing about, the thing about the Chiefs have had in the past, they've had kind of like game management errors – Right, D Ford's offside. This was like a fluky thing. Like it wasn't like I and the Texans guys, I think we remember this. They're freaking awful. <laughs> like, like, it like it doesn't like it, like like I don't expect the Chiefs to muff a punt. Like all those stuff. I, I I don't think that I really don't think that this last game matters at all to this game on Sunday. I don't think the Chiefs Titans game in week eleven matters much at all to this game now. No, I don't either. I think teams are totally different. Playing at different levels, doing different things. Um, the thing that does carry is that the Chiefs have not been able to ever stop Derrick Henry ever. Mm. So, like, like that to me is is the one issue. But again, to Matt's point, you made this many times, and you're exactly right. The Titans are not winning a game in Arrowhead with Tannehill throwing for 88 yards unless something really weird happens. And so, nonetheless, I think the points just to me seem too juicy. I. I will take the Chiefs to cover. I'm terrified to do that, especially on record. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to – I think the Chiefs are going to win this game going away. And the reason I think that, I think Mahomes in this game, I just don't think they're going to be denied offensively. I don't – the Titans don't have a great pass rush. Harold Landry leads with nine sacks. Nobody else is more than five. They do like to the blitz their corners, and that's fine. But against the Chiefs, that that's – Russian roulette. If if you don't get home, it's a touchdown the other way a lot of the time, uh, or a big play at least. I don't think the Chiefs are going to run the ball against Tennessee at all, but I don't think the Chiefs care. I don't think the Chiefs care if they run for 30 yards in this game. doesn't matter. Like They're not even going to try to run. Well, they don't care. They don't care if they run for no. zero yards. No, they don't care. Like that. And see, to me, that's why I think the, the Chiefs and, – and I'll expound just quickly. To, yeah. So I, I, but but you know, not able to run the ball does matter in some situations. Late in the games, they're trying to kill the clock. Yes, yeah. I don't think they care though. Otherwise, it just doesn't matter to them. They'll they'll roll Mahomes out and like I look the the one thing I do think matters in this game that from previous games, Tennessee beat New England. New England has no offense. They play a style that Tennessee could just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball because they never have to worry about getting behind. Then against Baltimore, they got up very quickly early off of a turnover, an interception, and then what essentially is a turnover, fourth and one on their own side of the field. They get up 14-0. They could always play that game where they just pounded Henry. And and then Baltimore's out of their game. And that's not a knock. I'm not knocked Tennessee. It's just the way the games have gone. They've, they've been able to do that. I don't think against Kansas City they're going to be able to do that. I think Kansas City is going to score a lot of points in this game because they do it just about it. I mean, they played them in week 11. They had 530 yards of offense. Like, I, I think offensively, they're going to move the ball. They're going yeah. to score. And so, well, Henry's great. And I think Henry's going to have a big game, by the way. But I don't think that's going to be enough. And I think at some juncture here, the team with the better pass rush, Kansas City, the team with the better quarterback, Kansas City, the team at home, 
I just think Kansas City wins. I don't think it's a massacre. I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's something like 34-24. But I just, I think Mahomes in this game is the, is the difference. I don't know that he's losing two, arrow, two games at Arrowhead in a row in the AFC title game. I just feel like they're better and they're going to handle yeah. their business. All right, well, we'll have to see if we're right next week on the money and on our picks, but that's the nature of the game. It's time for In or Out. Let's move on to our championship edition of In or Out. <clears throat> All right, on Saturday, the Minnesota Vikings turned in a pretty mediocre offensive performance. You wouldn't say that the offense that's, was... That's kind. Was, well, yeah. I'm trying to be nice to my Minnesota friends who are still reeling from yet another playoff collapse. The Vikings offense was good this year. I wouldn't say it was necessarily sensationally great. But after Saturday's game, the Cleveland Browns looked at Kevin Stefanski and was like, this guy in our locker room right now. They hire him. So Kevin Stefanski will turn the Browns around in or out. I'm out because it's the Browns. Yeah. It is nothing to do with That's the asterisk, yeah. It is nothing to do with Kevin Stefanski. He might be a damn good coach, but is Haslam going to give him two years or is he going to give him a, a year or half a year? Because Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam, they've been the owners there, I believe, since 2012, and they bought the team from Randy Lerner. And uh, got news they've never had a coach more than two full seasons, ever. So, mm. why? Excuse me, it's lasted three seasons because Hugh Jackson Huge. actually lasted for like two and a half. Why? Why should I think this is going to be any different? Why is this different? Kevin Stefanski doesn't have the, the, the pull that a, a big-time head coaching hire would who could say, look, you're giving me a six-year deal. Like, they don't, if they fire Kevin Stefanski, they fire him. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They, they'll put money through a shredder. They do it all the time. They're going to be paying John Dorsey and, and Freddie Kitchens beyond this year. They don't care. Aren't they still paying no. Hugh? Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. Like, so that's my point, though. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not selling Kevin Stefanski because of him. I talked to Rick Steelman for a while before the season started about a variety of different things, and Stefanski came up, and he loved Kevin Stefanski. He praised him. Now, I do think Gary Kubiak had a lot to do with their success running the ball this year, so I wonder how much of that success is Kubiak and Stefanski, mm-hmm. but I don't mind the hire. I know people are killing him because they just got beat. Now, that's ridiculous. Look, it's one game. Like, Kevin Stefanski not having a good game against the Niners with an outmatched or overmatched team and an overmatched offensive line, like... <laughs> I don't care about that, but I don't think anybody's going to work in Cleveland until they decide to actually let him have a plan and execute it. Yeah, so Verderam, you're out. Jeff, the big thing with me on this one is Freddie Kitchens was just kind of a guy. He came in and couldn't manage those personalities. Do you think Kevin Stefanski is going to be able to come in here and kind of command respect in a locker room that went way off the rails last year? So I think the problem with what's happening now is I don't like the structure of this. I understand mm-hmm. the idea of using analytics to help you design a game plan and work on such situations. But the reports are they're going to meet on Friday. Well, by Friday, the game plan is already in. So maybe you're working on situations and getting things organized. Fine with that. Why is the owner sitting in on these discussions? What does Jimmy Haslam know about what's happening? Why does he not trust the situation that he has made for his team where you have a coach and a GM and, and Paul De Podesta? to work all together. I feel like we're getting more micromanaging. And again, it's just, it's not going to end up going well because the ownership is bad in Cleveland. That's why. Let me ask you real quick, because you played in the NFL, you played a handful of different teams. So you mentioned it, right? Like they're going to have these meetings now, which Stefanski and and Haslam 
for hours on end, apparently, each week. Were you, I mean, you you played for some historic franchises, mm-hmm. the Hunts, the Maras, all on down the line. Have you ever been around something like that? No. Like, have you ever been around, but I, I guess, like, the owner, like, has the owner ever been, like, like was Clark Hunt, like, well, really? So, in- so, like, there's some owners, like John Mara, who, for the, Cow- for the uh, Giants, yep. like, their job, their job is the Giants. Like, they're there every day. Right. Jimmy Haslam's job is not the Browns. He's mm-hmm. he's all over the place. So is he going to be there every day in the facility, monitoring what happened? I mean, I think it's like I don't think he's like I, I just I, I don't think he's going to be there every day. So he's going to just fly in on Friday and talk about the game plan when he hasn't even been there. Well, it sounds like we're all out here on the Browns, which unfortunately, Vernon, this seems like a running thing with us. I mean, it didn't seem like that long ago where we're sitting here railing against no. Hugh Jackson. No. And now all of a sudden, history seems I'll tell to be repeating too. itself. Stefanski better put put it on Mayfield immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's got to set the tone with Baker Mayfield, not May- the other way around. Mayfield's like that uh, gif of Will Smith and Fresh Prince. He's got nobody in the room with him. He's Dorsey's just, gone. Everybody's gone. Yeah, I mean, Stefanski's got to sit him down. And I'm not saying he's got to be a jerk, but he's going to say, look, man, I'm not putting up things. Mm-hmm. BS. Like, I'm telling you right now, I don't care. I didn't draft you. The GM coming in here didn't draft you. Like, you're playing You're, you're playing by my rules. Yeah. And you, because if, if you don't set the tone with him, you're yep. going to be gone on the next train out. So it, it needs to be established from the jump. Mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski getting a job at the Browns means that we have all of our head coaching vacancies filled. We talked about Mike McCarthy a little bit last week. Two names that weren't called for hirings, uh, Greg Roman, Robert Sala. It is a blessing in disguise that those two guys did not get jobs this offseason, in or out, Verderam. Uh I mean, out in the sense of, you know, those guys are deserving and mm-hmm. I'm sure a bump in pay, right? So out in that regard. In from the standpoint that, Roman's offenses are very unique. They need a very specific set of, of players. And he's in the perfect situation. The perfect situation. Like that offense, th- those players, they're tailor-made for the way that Greg Roman runs his offense. I'm not saying he can't succeed another way, but th- that's been a way he succeeded in San Francisco and mm-hmm. Buffalo yep. briefly with Tyrod Taylor, with Baltimore. I don't think it's the worst thing for him that he's staying in Baltimore. Yeah, Robert Sala... I think a little more out in the sense, I think, you know, he had a really good year. It's tough for defenses to be really good year in and year mm-hmm. out because guys get hurt, guys leave, guys get older. You you see offenses, really good offenses, as long as they have a really good quarterback, they're good for a long time. It's hard for defenses to do that because you don't have that one central point like you do with the quarterback on offense. So, you know, it's hard, like, what if Richard Sherman falls off a cliff next year? Right? What if Quan Alexander and D Ford get hurt again next year? Yeah. What if Eric Armstead leaves in free agency? Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. So I think for Saul, I'm out. I wish he would have gotten a job this year. For yeah. Roman, I think, look, as long as they don't get really banged up and they're they're healthy, I think I think he's fine. I think he'll have a shot at a head coaching gig next year. So I think it's it's never if their goal is to get a coaching job, it's never great to just have to keep waiting, right? Because there's no guarantee. No matter your point about Robert Sala, there's no guarantee next year that the Ravens' offense. Well, I think they will still be good. Maybe they're not mm-hmm. as good, and maybe Lamar Jackson gets injured, or they have a bunch of injuries next year. They're pretty healthy this year, and then Greg Roman's no longer a hot candidate. I never really feel that if you're kind of a guy that's riding a, a, a wave of hotness, right, with your players and your play, that you can ever pass up an opportunity to get a gig. But I will tell you, I mean, look, Robert Sala. Roman staying with their team instead of going to the Browns, maybe that's better, right? Yeah. 
But I think that when, when, when the iron is hot, you have to strike. And I think that sometimes um, it's not always a blessing in disguise. The coaches have to wait for their first head coaching job. Yeah, and it is worth noting, too, that Greg Roman was once a very hot coaching candidate last decade, early part of the decade, didn't get a job, and is still waiting, and now it seems he's been passed over for a second time. So hopefully that doesn't happen to Robert Sala. But like you guys said, maybe this avoids a situation in which they're a quick one, two, and done type of coach, and then they're back to being a coordinator. Speaking of head coaches, though, the best head coaching hire might end up being Matt Rule, who did not coach in the NFL last year. He was a college coach. This comes a year. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. After Cliff Kingsbury comes over from college and is kind of a sensation down there in Arizona with the air raid offense and Kyler Murray. So another college football head coach will be hired to be a NFL head coach in 2021. Jeff? Oh. It's it's not going to be Urban Meyer, probably not Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley. I don't, I don't probably probably not. Probably I'd say I'd say no. I lean no. Um, I off the top of my head I can't think of anyone that would be like that would be. I mean, I guess I guess Kingsbury came out of nowhere, so that mm-hmm. was not. No one thought that would be. I mean, maybe David Shaw moves on, but I, I think I would say no. I lean no, Matt. I'll I'll be in on this. I think it's a trend. Look, 20, 25 years ago, the games were just so different that it was hard to go from college to pro, mm-hmm. right? Like, college football looked like a different sport than the NFL for a lot of teams. That's not the case anymore. You know, the NFL is borrowing from college all the time and vice versa. So, you know, you look at these teams and the way they play and everybody's in the gun and everybody's spreading you out. And it's that's the way it is now. So... I'll be in on this. I could see Lincoln Riley getting a job. Oklahoma has another really good year. Uh, you know, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. He's a guy. He's always rumored. Um, you know, I, I, could, I could see that happening. I, the, the name is escaping me right now. I want to say Joe Brady, the coordinator over at LSU. I know he just got a new deal, mm. but we all know that means nothing. Nah. Um, maybe he's a guy. I mean, Burrow is raving about how, how he's changed his entire career. So I could see it. I think you're going to keep seeing it. I'll tell you what, though. Matt Rule getting seven years, 70 million bucks. Yeah, yeah, first of all, damn, good for Matt Rule. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Second of all, second of all, that contract is going to change the game for hiring college coaches. Because oh, yeah. You know, yes, it does. No. Oh, I, I think I think if you're Lincoln Riley and some team wants you, they go really far. He's gonna be hey man, Matt Rule oh, got seven and seventy. What? It would change how they do in college or in the NFL. No, I think like for a college coach jumping to the NFL, they're gonna they're oh, gonna want what Matt Rule yeah, got. Yeah, I, I will say though. All right, so there's a handful of owners that their job is owning the team, okay? And they're rich, but they're not like that cash rich, okay? Like they, they have money, but they're not like cash rich. There's other owners that that own the team and have other gigs, and they're very rich, okay? Then there's David freaking Tepper, okay? <laughs> David Tepper is like if this is like. Where the, the, the top, like Stan Kroenke, right? Like right here, okay? Jerry Jones, by the way, is like here compared to Stan Kroenke, okay? David Tepper's like off the screen wealthy, okay? He don't care. He doesn't care. He wanted Matt Rule. He paid for Matt Rule. It's nothing to him. He owns the team 
and he's still worth, if you take the team out, he's still worth over $8 billion, okay? Like, Jerry Jones is worth the amount he is because he owns the Cowboys that are worth $4 billion. (laughs) So I think this is, I think this is like David Tepper just having screw you money, which he's had for years now that matter, and just saying like, look, we like Matt Rule, we're just going to pay him. Like, I don't think it's going to change what Joe Judge gets paid or what Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley get paid in the NFL. Eight billion dollars. I, I don't even know if I'm worth eight dollars. I, 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 I have to check my four hundred one k. I don't know. Neither am I. So here the we are. The one thing about being rich, only thing I would lo- love, obviously, about being like I've made money in my career, but like I want private jet money. Yeah. Listen, you know what, Schwartz? I'm nice. going to tell you something right now. I'm not going to get into your private finances, but I don't want to hear you complain about private jet money. You're <laughs> fine. Okay. You're yeah, fine. Have, but I'm not. I'm not private jet wealthy. I'm not. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even first class to mobile wealthy. Okay, you're fine. Okay, I don't want to hear. Now, look, you earn every penny of it. God bless you, man. I'm not complaining now. I'm not complaining. I'm saying. I'm not knocking you. God bless you, man. You mean? I. I want. I need to hit the lotto to get private jet wealthy. Uh, like that's the thing about it. David Tepper is like multiple private jet wealthy guy. I need just yeah. some of that. Day. Break, come on, Tepper. We, I'm, we we live down the street from each other. Break I was going to say, you're in Charlotte. Walk yeah. down there. But listen, I'll coach you offensive line. Come Five on. million a year. No, no, no. no. They'd have, they have, they have to pay me. I, would, I need Matt Rule's deal to coach the offensive line. All right. You're not getting that. Well, Tepper's got his offer. <laughs> Tepper, the offer's out there. If you want to give Jeff that contract, I mean, right I'm, here. I mean, I'll be there tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll be breaking that outside zone. Let's do it. Right there. Verbal agreement. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had to get a grande, not a venti from uh, Starbucks this morning. So that's how wealthy I am. I had to talk myself out of it because I've got bills to pay. I had to rob the homeless guy outside <laughs> just to make sure I had enough change. Uh, last one. Uh, speaking of head coaches, Eric Bieniemy. Didn't get a head coaching job. Seems like maybe he should. Joe Judge, who, uh, if I memory serves right, doesn't play, uh, uh, you know, call plays in, in New England. Got a job. He's in New York. A team that might need a new head coach in 2021, the Houston Texans. So, they Jeff, need a new head Verner coach this year. <laughs> in or out, tying a bow around our Billow special here, the Houston Texans will have a new head coach and new GM in 2021. Jeff, in or out? Hmm... I mean, they're probably win the division again next year, right? It'd be close. I mean, they have to be pretty bad, I think, to, to fill the fire of Bill O'Brien. Um, look, there's obviously something going on behind the scenes with with Eric Bieniemy. Why he's not getting a job? I don't know what it is, um, but I don't think it's as nefarious as people think it is with him personally. I think there is a problem with hiring minority candidates in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Eric Bieniemy is is kind of the reason to use for that. Um, but there is a problem with that, and mostly because we have a, a system set up where people of, of color are not getting jobs as offensive coordinators. I mean, it's plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, we're hiring – we're not hiring the best coach now. We're hiring the best offensive coach. I think it's a problem. I, I've seen mm-hmm. this for a while now. Hire the best coach. Like, like what does it matter if they coach offense or defense? So, um, I, I back to the subject, um, Bill O'Brien, I think he's still there. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, probably. He's got so much power in that building. I, I think, I think he's probably there. Were, were you the year you played in KC? Was Bienemy was there, right? Running, running back coach. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm sure you probably have a ton I, of interaction. The whole thing about calling plays, in my opinion, is overblown because he doesn't really call the plays now. Andy Reid does that, but neither did Doug Peterson. No. Nope. Yeah. Really, Doug Peterson did some of it, and 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 Matt Nagy did some. Like Andy Reid will give him situations. To do like you know you, you get red zone you get 
goal line, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you, know, you call the plays there. But that's like that's not why I think like that's kind of a silly talking point with 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 Eric Bieniemy thing. I, look, obviously it's a problem, right? We're not hiring minorities, and again, I think it goes back to the fact that there's just not enough minorities calling plays in the NFL. It's silly, right? But they just they're, they're not. I mean, that, we're hiring again. We're hiring the best offensive guy. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I think it's stupid, man. Hire the best coach. Yeah, they call plays. On look, I, like, and, and you mentioned them, Hill. So I'll, I'll just touch on. It. Look, I have nothing against Joe Judge at all. Like, mm-hmm. Who knows? He could turn out to be a great coach. Thirty-nine years old, young guy. Okay, and, and I'm not big on going to the Belichick tree because I, for obvious reasons. No. But hey, look, I get it. Okay, fine. Special teams coach. It worked out with John Harbaugh. Maybe it'll work out again. I don't understand. How is Eric Bieniemy not more qualified to coach a head, uh, no, be a head he, coach? No, I, and, and here's why I think there's something else. Look, I don't have any information on this. I'm not like my brother doesn't know either. So I'm not like asking him, hey, did you ask Eric about what's happening? Yeah. Um, right. But I think there has, he's been on so many interviews that something has to be happening behind the scenes where he's just not either doing well in those interviews. They don't trust him. Like something has to be going with him personally. I don't know what about Robert Sala or anyone else. Like him personally. It's got to be something else because he's been on enough interviews now where he should be a head coach, right? Where Andy Reid is how all his guys become head mm-hmm. coaches. Look at his coaching tree. So that to me, that 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 part needs to be explored in this situation rather than the entire conversation we're having, the bigger conversation, which also needs to be explored. And mm-hmm. people have talked about that, I think, very well. But just Eric Bieniemy specifically, I don't know why he doesn't have a job. And so something's got we, we, something's got to be happening. In the interview process, someone's talking bad about him behind the scenes. I don't know what it is, but it seems odd to everyone's point that he doesn't have a job yet. Yeah, I mean it's so obvious the guy's qualified. I, like you said, I, mean, I don't know whether he just interviews horribly or with some teams it is a, a racial thing. I mean, I'm not going to accuse anybody of that. I have no idea. I, I but I look, I mean Eric Bieniemy, and and if you watched the presser yesterday, Andy Reid went out of his way after that game. To bring mm-hmm. up Eric Bieniemy and talk about him extensively. Yeah, of course uh, he wants to get a job. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, no, no question. Why, and this is why. And this is again why it's. It could be as simple as the owner doesn't want to hire a minority. It could be that simple. I'm I'm not naive to that fact. Mm-hmm. But but the the fact is like I think that with Andy Reid pushing him so much, something else is happening. Like if if he were to push, let's say it was I don't I don't even know I don't I, I just it seems it seems odd yeah. to me that this that with all the pushing Andy Reid has done. All the interviews EB is on. Why is he not being hired? And look, it, we, it could be as simple as that, Matt. I don't know if it is for every team, but it could be. Yeah, and look yep. with Bill O'Brien, like he seems—he seems like he's just going to be an angrier, meaner version of Jason Garrett, where he's just there forever, <laughs> and the Texans never get rid of him. But Verderam, to your point about Bienemy, yep. It would be interesting if he gets a job in Houston. Let's say he is there. There isn't anything going on behind the scenes. It's just been he's been caught up in this whole thing, and he gets a job in Houston next year. That'd yep. be fascinating to see Mahomes and Reed versus Bieniemy and Watson for the yep. next five, ten you years. You know what? Wow, I think it'd be great. I, I don't think O'Brien's going anywhere though because no. he has so much power in that building. Uh, he's a one man band. I don't know that McNair's got the stomach to move on from him. I'll say this though. In the, in the wake of that loss, there were a couple different articles coming out of Houston that he should be fired. I'm not saying it's going to force it. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what that does do, you start burning a lot of, of goodwill, so to speak, when that stuff starts happening. Because fans will start reading that and say, oh, yeah, well, what's going on? Why isn't he fired? Like, I'm not overreacting. The media thinks he should be fired, too. I mean, O'Brien's going to be on, on a goodwill tour yeah. this offseason with the media because it. You lose a game in Kansas City in the playoffs, 27-20, that's one thing. 
You lose like that, mm-hmm. you're on the hot seat. So while I think he'll be there, he's certainly put himself in a tough spot. Well, I'll tell you one place Bill O'Brien won't be. It's in championship weekend because it's nope. going to be the Chiefs and the Titans and the 49ers and the Packers. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. Jeff, Verderam, what are you guys looking forward to as we wrap this up and look ahead to this upcoming weekend? Well, I'm, I'm a nerd out for a second here. I, we, have, we have amazing offensive line, defensive line matchups this weekend. Like the trench play, we have Packers tackles, Niners, Bosa, and D Ford. We got the Titans interior, Chiefs interior, Kenny Clark gets the, the you know the, the Niners interior offensive line. There's been a lot of great matches in the trenches this week. I'm going to nerd out on that. Uh, I'm going to keep this really obvious and simple. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I cover the league. I try to be as impartial as possible. But let's be real. I grew up a Chiefs fan. I'm 31 years old. I've never seen him go to a Super Bowl. I will be at the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. I'll be in uh, the press box or the auxiliary press box. Not exactly sure where, but either way, I'll be in one of the press boxes covering <laughs> the game. Okay. And while I'm there, I will sit there as a as a good analyst does. Journalist, I won't. I'll just sit there and watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly having some emotions inside if Kansas City's in it. Look, I would just personally, uh, for myself, for the old man who's gone through fifty some odd years of this, I would like to see them win the game. Uh, it's nothing against Tennessee. I think if Tennessee wins, that's great, good for them. They're, they're a terrific team. That'd be one hell of a gauntlet to have run. Um, and they'll be a very deserving conference champion. But yeah, I'm not even going to sit here and mince words. I mean, I, I am looking mm. forward to that game at 3 o'clock on Sunday. And uh, it would be uh, special for a variety of reasons if Kansas City finally brings the Lamar Hunt trophy back to uh, the, the team that, of course, is from his namesake. Yeah. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Well, since the Buccaneers haven't been in the playoffs since the dark ages, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm a Chiefs fan this weekend. Hashtag do it for Papa Verderam. That's what we're doing. Do it for Verderam's dad. He needs to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I can't express, and he's going to be listening to this, so I don't mind you. I can't express how despondent he was emotionally at 24 to nothing. Like, I was extremely annoyed and, and, and just fed up with them in general. The man was texting me apologizing for what he had done. <laughs> like, it was... Like I, I can't express to you if you're not part of this family. There's a book that was written years ago called Maybe Next Year, and it's about the teams that are the most frustrated across all major sports, college sports. One of the chapters is about the Chiefs. The author sought out my father and I. Wow. And we're in the book. Um, so that, I mean, this thing goes, this is a long standing situation. This thing's so, literary, man. They're going to be teaching this in there school are, someday. There is a, the written, it, it is a written history to the, the struggles of the Verderam family with this franchise. So listen, I don't care. For five seconds, I'll be completely partial and biased. I would just, for a lot of reasons, emotional, I, I would just love to see Clark Hunt get the Lamar Hunt trophy. That would be really cool. In Arrowhead. Um, and it would be uh, it'd be quite a moment uh, that uh, people that are close to me, and myself included, have been waiting to see for a really long time. All right. Well, we'll see if Verderam's here next weekend or not, <laughs> depending yeah. on what the Chiefs do. But it's the Chiefs and the Titans. It's the Packers and the 49ers. We will find out who is going to the Super Bowl, and we will talk about that next week on Stacking the Box. Jeff Schwartz, Matt Verderam will be back. And you will be a smarter football fan if you subscribe on iTunes and subscribe on Google Play and listen to Stacking the Box every Monday. Guys, let's do it again next week. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.
If you suffer from ED, 15 minutes could change your life. Peak Performance for Men offers a revolutionary treatment called Focus Linear Compression Therapy. There's no pain, no needles, and no downtime. Now, Peak Performance for Men is offering six sessions free with qualifying treatment protocol enrollment. There's never been a better time or a better deal to fix ED. Call Columbus's only trusted Focus Linear Compression Therapy provider today at 614-739-8181. That's 614-739-8181. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.